Hi, welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. In the last episode, you heard me have a conversation with Jojo Rolfe, a NASM-certified personal trainer based in the Washington, D.C. area. She is an online and in-person fitness coach who focuses on helping women grow stronger physically and mentally. She shared her journey into starting her business, the mindset that we should develop when it comes to fitness, how her past experience shaped her into where she is now, fitness trends and new brands that will emerge out of quarantine, a valuable tip for someone struggling to work out from home, and more. If you haven't heard it already, you should definitely check it out. In this episode, I have a conversation with Lonnie Sean, a brand stylist based in New York City. Lonnie and I have been friends since our Terry Sanford high school days. We'll get more into how we met in the beginning of the episode. Lonnie talks about his brand, Part-Time Fab, how he started, why he started, fashion trends we'll be seeing post-quarantine, and what to expect from the fashion industry moving forward, what's to come for fashion weeks, how fashion brands are responding to the pandemic, and more. Lonnie, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I know. And for those who do not know, I want to talk about how we met first. Yes, how we met. Um, We actually, I've known Grace since high school. Um, I'm originally from Massachusetts, but I finished high school. I graduated high school in North Carolina. Um, My family at the time was military and, you know, being a military person, you have to move quite often. And so Mm -hmm. the last place I moved and where I graduated high school was Fayetteville, North Carolina. And because I had moved so much, my qualifications for graduation were constantly changing. So, you know, like in some schools, you need like a certain amount of science credits or this and that. And when I got to Fayetteville, I had actually way more credits than I needed to graduate, but there was just certain courses that the school needed me to take specifically. And one of them being, um, an environmental science class, which was generally a freshman course, but I was a senior at the time. It was environmental science. Sorry, I like totally forgot which science class it was. I was was like, which science class? And I actually really liked that teacher. She was great. I can't remember her name, but I remember she was was wonderful. And that's where I met the lovely Grace Lee. Yeah, no, it was such a surprise because I don't know, I wasn't expecting to have much friends in that class. Like you and Ambra were literally the only ones I spoke to. Yeah, we we had our little click in that class. Um, it was funny for me also because I had I was a bit older than a lot of you guys in that class, so I was kind of just wanting to like be in there and be out. I was just done with high school at the time. I think you know I went to like six high schools, so mm. I was like ready to just be finished. It was lovely having you there. And um, another thing is just moving from I think from Massachusetts to North Carolina. It was a big you know moving from the north to the south. Yeah. And, the style of everything was just so different. And I think meeting you, you kind of reminded me of my friends back home, which was very, it was very nice. You know, it was comforting. And you, know, you and I clearly clicked very quickly and we became thick as thieves. Yeah. And that's been more than 10 years. Did you know that? I think it was 2009. When yeah, did you graduate? You graduated in 2009, age right? Don't age me. Don't age me. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Still just young. Last year. Just last Fresh year. as ever. Just let it whisper ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now fast forward all those short years. <laughs> yes. I remember. Yeah. I, I had moved here um, right after um, school and 
I, you had moved here as well when you had wrapped up everything. And I was so happy to be here and kind of, I wanted to like, I was like, I wanted to almost like kind of like mentor you in this city. And I remember I took, I took Grace to her first nightclub with her first <laughs> bottle service. And I'm glad that we've stayed in touch over the years and, you know, we, we can do better. We need to do better about hanging out more, but it's, it's always, I when I hard. see you, you, you always support me and I always support you. And I love that we have maintained that friendship. And it's so important to me. And I want to thank you for being such a great friend over the years. No, really. You've, yeah, you've been such a good friend. Like, I know we haven't been, you know, in touch as much. You've been traveling, you know, I've had lots of things going on and stuff. So I do know that um, it's good to, it's good that we've both been supportive of each other for that. For sure. And I think, you know, it's very, it's a very New York thing, um, you have so many friends and people are so busy here and mm-hmm. you just sometimes it's hard to see people, you know, but it's, it's nice. I think it's also just an adult way of thinking about friendships. I think people think that, Oh, because I don't talk to this person every day or just because I don't see this person every day that they're not my friend. And I love that when I need to talk to you or when I need you, when, when I reach out to you, you're always responsive. Whenever I have a work event for work, you're always there to support me. And that's what friendship is about is about that support. It's, it's not about how many times you talk with someone. And I love that we have that and we always support each other. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So going back, so you moved to New York. Did you, when did you start your business? Part-time fab? Part-time fab. I started like six years ago, six, seven years ago. Um, It kind of evolved. I started it actually originally, it was a blog I was doing with a girlfriend and I was already kind of working in styling, working in fashion. And we had started this blog together and then her and I decided to part ways. And I was like, I had, I had owned the name. I bought the name. And so I was like, what can I do with this? And over the years, it just, you know, kind of as a stylist and when I would shop with clients, um, my motto was always mixing kind of high and low, like that kind of part-time fab life, you know? And that also just very part-time fab sums up who I am as a person. You know, I'm that person who will have like a McDonald's cheeseburger and their Chanel bag at the nightclub and I'm not <laughs> bothered. So it's just very on brand. It was my message. So part-time fab. And here we are all those years I later. I'm, I'm very fortunate to still be working. So that's exciting. And it's been wonderful. Yeah. Tell me how that's been like, especially during quarantine, you know, having that shift between like seeing your clients in person versus like meeting virtually. It's been really, really tough. So a lot of my work requires me to be either on set on a production or shopping with clients and meeting people and seeing them and helping them shop and style them for red carpet and their personal lives and events and stuff. And so clearly in quarantine, we don't have access to those things. A lot of the productions and advertising have been put on hold. And so a lot of my work has it's really, really drastically slowed down. And so what I've had to do is really up my digital presence. And what I've actually done is I've enabled my website to now be able to host digital fashion consultations. So now that I can help people maybe do like their closets or their wardrobe post-quarantine or any things they've wanted to do or go over the things that they want to donate, it's a way for me to have virtual consultations. So I've had to adapt just like many other people have to do in their careers. So here we are. Oh, I didn't know that. Wait, how's that going? Is that so that's what you've been working on? It's what I've been working on. I haven't actually officially launched it yet. I think by the time this podcast is out, people will it'll be up and going, but it is technically live my website. I'll be posting about it on social media, my different my various platforms. But um yeah, I'm excited to get it going. Um and I'm excited that it's hosted, you know, on my website. It's through me. All the funds come to me and it's again, you know, being an entrepreneur. I just 
it's always exciting when you figure out a new way to grow or like a new lane to go down. And I'm excited to embrace this more digitally heavy fashion styling world. Right. And I think especially during quarantine, I think this is the best time to like explore that. Totally. Yeah. Um, So what else have you been doing during quarantine? I know, you know, we talked earlier before this that your your schedule included like working out, um, you know, helping. Yes. Yes, I've. Um, I was gonna say, you know, sorry, I was gonna say helping around yeah. the house. But yeah, helping around the house. Yeah, like I have children, you know. I um, <laughs> well during quarantine, I have been very indulgent in my eating, and I've actually I gained some weight I didn't want to gain. And you know, we are very fortunate enough that we are able to rent a house outside of New York City, so we will be moving to a house in the Hamptons for a bit. And I wanted to slim down and get healthier. So I've actually just recently started to incorporate fitness into my daily routine, which has been, you know, I'm not, Grace will tell you, I'm not really a fitness person. I've been very lucky that I'm pretty, I'm pretty naturally kind of like thin and have some natural muscle tonality to my frame, which is nice. But, you know, being in quarantine, we're not walking as much as we are. And people who haven't been to New York, we walk a ton here. And you don't realize it until you're stuck in the house how much that's actually, you're burning calories. And that is almost like a workout in itself, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I've had to up that and I've just been trying to be healthier. It's, it was just, I think when quarantine first started, I was like, oh, this is nice. You know, I do take a bubble bath every day. Grace will tell you that's every a fun fact about me. Day. I take a bath every day. It's just a little time for me to kind of I'll go through emails. I'll sit in, just sit in the tub and just relax and decompress. And, and it's been useful because now that I started working out, my body's a bit sore. And so it's a good way for me to feel a little bit better. So mm-hmm. I'm, I am, I'm kind of known for my bubble baths, as you know, it's kind of like, Honey, a very... you're, you're fabulous <laughs> in quarantine. Like I'm let, me have, your, let me have your quarantine life, not your. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, I'm, I'm very fortunate and I'm, it's, you know, it's also, um, in New York city, it's very rare that people have, you know, nice soaking tubs and it's nice that I have a nice soaking tub that I can relax in a nice bathroom. So very fortunate, but you know, quarantine has been an adjustment professionally and personally, and I'm trying to really stay focused and stay mindful that this will come to an end and that there is something that's after this and, you know, what the future holds, what the future holds. I wish you could actually see me because I'm like nodding my head to everything you're saying. Oh, I'm like, no, oh, he has I like, no idea. It's really cool. I, I love, like I said, I think all of these digital things that we've kind of taken up, I know you've been doing your podcast for a little while now, but just doing these interviews over things like Zoom and taking online consultations, it's just, it's kind of an exciting time. And it's, it shows the resilience of people that we can get through this and we can adapt very quickly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, speaking of adapting, like how's work with your current clients? How's that shift been like? Um, it's been tough. Like I said, of the commercial jobs that I was, I was tasked to productions closed down. So clearly I right. can't be filming a commercial right now, but I have been in touch with my personal shopping clients and we've been doing little, I've been doing little shopping for them and filling up online carts for them and sending them clothes. Um, but yeah, it's, it has been a lot slower than normal, but like I said, I'm excited to take on this new challenge and see how my business can grow when focusing on a more digital heavy template. Yeah. With everything going on, do you think fashion is a trickier industry to evolve with this situation in particular? Um, Yes. Um, You know, fashion is an extremely indulgent industry and it's an industry that 
you know, retail brick and mortar is a large part of, or it has been a large part of the fashion frame of how businesses and brands make their revenue. I definitely think with this Corona, when everything happened, I think a lot of people have had to just really up their online presence. Like I said, I'm taking digital consultations. I know friends who are designers, they maybe would have their stuff like in a showroom or a store. Um, and Soho now have kind of got their websites up to sell their things digitally. But I think it, it has been really tough for fashion because it is a very thing to be involved in. You know, you people want to see mm-hmm. things, you want to touch things. And it's also fashion is a very social work, whether you're a, an influencer or a stylist or a photographer or a model or a designer or a PR person. You know, our jobs really do require us to heavily interact with people. And it's right. been really interesting seeing how we are all trying to adapt to that, you know? Right. That reminds me of all the times when I was in New York, the press events, you know, all the fashion mm-hmm. events we were invited to. Yes. And... Yeah, like think of all that possibly changing or coming to a halt because of all this. So, I mean, take that out of the equation. How are people supposed to feel the texture of the clothing and, Mm -hmm. you know, be able to try it on? You're right. Like it's different now. Totally. And I think brick and mortar has been going under a change. Brick and mortar, for people who don't know, it means the actual storefront, the brick and mortar of the business. Um, Brick and mortar has been kind of going through its own challenges before this crisis even happened. People just were shopping more online, but I still think there is something so special about going into a store, you know, having a glass of champagne or having, having interacting with a salesperson, hearing their knowledge about a product. There is something to that, that interpersonal interaction that you're having, you know, between two people. There's something special. Like when you go into a beautiful store, you do feel a certain way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. it'll, it definitely will go back. I don't think we're going to be locked in our houses forever. Companies like J. Crew are filing for bankruptcy, um, you know, mm-hmm. Marcus. I think they'll just be a sizing down, if you will, of a lot of those businesses to more specialized, just not so many locations. You know what I mean? Like I think Bergdorf Goodman will be still there, but they won't have, you know, a thousand Neiman Marcuses across the country. Yeah. I read that JCPenney has been the latest department store to of her bankruptcy and um yeah. it's like declining <laughs> with all the massive <sighs> yeah. debt so if you think about it like you know there's like there's jc penny there's belk there's macy's there's all these there we had so many of them that's why mm-hmm. i said it, it'll just kind of i feel like the universe is telling us that we need to kind of boil things down we don't need to have a thousand options for everything you know what I mean? And I think, I guess yeah. that's, you know, that's kind of, that's the American dream and the American luxury is that, you know, we like our, we like our options, but I do think that, you know, if I went to a mall today, you know, you have your department stores, your mall, you know, it's like, usually have like mm-hmm. a high end one and then you have maybe like a Macy's or a Belk or a JCPenney. But again, I just don't think it's necessary to have so many of them, you know? Yeah, that's true. Just like fashion trends are always coming and going. I know that the quarantine has definitely impacted trends, especially this year. Yes, I think, you know, people being in their homes or being wherever they have decided to self-isolate, people aren't, they aren't wearing what they normally would because there's, they're not going outside and doing the things they normally would be doing. So I'm sure there's a spike in people wearing, you know, athleisure and shopping at brands like Lululemon. But, you know, I think what's important is in keeping um, a schedule, keeping a routine, I think it's important to just... Sometimes even if you're going to sit in your house, like get dressed, like get up and put something on that's in your closet. You've purchased Mm -hmm. these items, you own them. There's no need to keep them just sitting in your closet and being of waste, you know? They're Mm -hmm. not really uncomfortable. It's just, you know, just get up and it helps with your routine, you know, start your day like you normally would. Because like I said, this will, 
eventually end, people will start going back to having normal lives um, in whatever capacity that may be. But it's good to keep that structure and that pattern of, you know, just getting dressed, getting ready, going, you know, I miss getting, don't you miss putting on your clothes and miss? Yes. I miss wearing shoes. Yeah. Wearing shoes. You know, you know, like as Grace mentioned, the PR events, you know, her and I would go to PR events together. I miss dressing up to go to an event. I miss being social. I miss my clothes, but I do think, you know, some advice to people at home is go into your closet and, you know, put something on. If you're having dinner with your family, make it like you're at a restaurant, wear something nice, dress up for dinner Mm -hmm. in your house. You know what I mean? And it kind of, it makes quarantine a little bit more fun and it gives you a reason to play with your clothes. And so they don't just sit there collecting dust. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or you can do like those like happy hour zoom calls. That's always fun. Yes. And get dressed, dress up for them. You know, like normally New York is a big cocktail city and happy hour and things of that nature are very popular here. And it's, It's nice to get up and feel good about yourself. And I think in times like this, when you are heavily just in the house, you can kind of fall into like a lull of just kind of being kind of black, kind of not feeling your best. And so, you know what, if you get up and I have found, and I tell my clients this, like when you look your best, you feel your best, like, you know, and that's- Yes, that is so true. And even in your home, it's like, you know, I've seen a lot of people just like not shaving their beards and not cutting their hair and not- Try, you know, there's YouTube is great for tutorials. Do your mm-hmm. nails, you know what I mean? Learn to cut your hair, order a pair of whatever. It's harder for women than for men, and it depends on what type of hair you have. But you get what I'm saying. Like, put some effort into yourself still. Don't forget that you're still a person and you need to love on self care and self love is very important. And you should be doing practicing that even when you're home. Exactly. And I mean, now is the best time to implement those, those routines. Totally. You know, I'm actually, I was thinking about this with, with lockdowns continuously getting pushed back. Mm-hmm. And now that, you know, we're nearing summer and right after summer is fashion week um, yes. or it's kicks off fashion week. So what's going to happen with fashion week? It's funny hearing you talk about this business of fashion and um, Anna Wintour, Naomi Campbell has been giving these kind of talks. She's been hosting a, a, a talk show of sorts on her channel and she had, um, you know, Anna Wintour on and she talked about the future of fashion. I think that things are going to get scaled back hugely. I remember my first fashion show, I was very young. I was visiting a friend and I was able to go to a show and fashion shows just weren't, it was more of a special thing. I think nowadays kind of everyone, it's just, it's become such a huge thing. I think there'll be less people going to shows. I think that designers will be more thoughtful about who they invite and why. I don't think there will be as many fashion weeks and presentations as there there normally were. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if people know this, but fashion, it's it's on a schedule between showing shows, buyers, markets, getting it produced and getting it to like the retailers. It's it falls, it's a schedule. And mm-hmm. there were designers that uh, you know, certain designers like to show every every fashion week, you know, they have like spring, summer, fall, winter, and designers like to have their collections shown because you're only as good as your last job or your last thing you put out. But right. there were designers like Asli Nalaya, may he rest in peace, that they showed collections when they felt like they were ready to. They didn't feel like, I need to push my creative to fit to a clock. And I think this is a good lesson for a lot of creatives just moving forward is I feel like sometimes we fall into this corporate rut of just excess and like trying to push our talents. And sometimes it is like like maybe just take a beat back, miss something. So when you get back to that, it's something actually special. I think because we're pushing out so much, it's so easy for things to get kind of watered down. The creativity is not there because you're having to just do so much of it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited to see 
what designers have been working on for the future collections. It's really exciting. I know. I'm really excited too. I mean, I've seen so many like like TikTok videos of these influencers kind of jokingly being like fashion week in 2020 is like, it's like toilet paper wear and it, uh, yeah, what's it called? Uh, like pillow. What's that pillow challenge that everyone's pillow doing? Pillow challenge, yes. <laughs> loungewear, not loungewear, just like all sorts of like glamorous quarantine starter kit stuff. It was really funny. So yeah, I'm curious to see what's going to happen and yeah. what designers are working on. I think that's awesome. Like they have so, so much time. Yeah, they have so much time on their hand. And like I said, I think it's a big time for us to just kind of like take a beat and see what we can really do and what we can really put out. And I think, you know, people are really tired. You know, Naomi was saying to Anna, you don't stop going because I think people think it's just New York. No, it's New York. It's Milan. It's Paris. It's London. It's the men's shows. It's the resort shows. It's nonstop and people are always going. And I think it's exciting to see what people will put out when they're, when they've been able to rest their minds and kind of rest their talents, if you will. Right. Everyone needs a break. And in the last, I think the last recession, Venmo was created and like Instagram and all these like big companies came out of it. Yeah. Oh, so, so struggle feeds innovation. That's just shown throughout history, you know, during the depression, you know, it's, you have these boom of these billionaires and things that come after this because people, their minds are working. And when you have that time to really think is the time when you create your best stuff. Right. I agree with that. What about other trends that we'll be seeing? Trends in the future. I think, well, it's really funny because, you know, on one hand, um, I was thinking, I was actually talking to another stylist friend and I was like, you know, as you know, I just don't, I don't really wear things like sweatpants. I just, I just don't think sweatpants are that much more comfortable than like a well-fitted pair of jeans. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I would just rather look a little bit more put together than a sweatpant. But I was saying, do you think that people will be more casual or more indulgent after this? Because people have been locked in their houses. Like I'm going to wear a ball gown to go to dinner tonight because I have, I've been locked in this house. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing how those trends play out. I'm not a psychic. I can't really even tell you exactly what we'll see, but I definitely think we will see either a swing towards the more athleisure has already been such a big thing in streetwear. I definitely think we will see a continued trend of that pouring into work. Or I think people will just come back with a vengeance and really be turning out looks and giving it their all because they've been locked up at home. But I do think, um, like I said, a lot of companies have been reshifting their priorities. And I know a lot of companies like Twitter announced that they'll, their employees will be working from home. So like mm -hmm. I said, I, I do that. think that we'll be seeing a lot more athleisure on the street, much to my dismay. I just think it takes, you know, the same amount of time to put in a pair of jeans as sweatpants. But so yeah, I'm excited to see what trends are going to come out after this, to be honest, because I have no idea. We, I've never lived through something like this. I've never worked through something like this. And so, but I do think it'll swing in one of those directions. Do you know of any examples of how fashion brands are responding to the pandemic? If you've even noticed your, if you go on your Instagram, a lot of brands are sponsoring their posts more and pushing the more digital heavy selling. A lot of brands are offering more discounts to get you to still buy their stuff um, mm -hmm. online because they need to make money. So that's, I think we're seeing just brands being a lot more digitally present to kind of keep that revenue. And like I said, um, brick and mortar has kind of been on the downtrend for a while now, but I think, you know, digital right now, I've been getting a lot more promotions from brands like 
shop now, get 20% off a lot more than I did. So I think brands are really trying to lure buyers in through things like discounting and social media and upping their online presence. Actually, you're right, because there's also that shop small sticker. I think that's a concept that people need to start embracing in general. I think that it's so important to support young creatives, support small business, and to shop locally. It's so much more eco-friendly. It's much more conscious. And it really, we stop feeding those huge corporate machines. It gives smaller brands a time to shine. I know. And I I was saying this on a podcast episode with someone I recorded earlier today. And we were just talking about like how this quarantine has really, um, not that we were selfless before, but I think it's really made us appreciate and be more selfless in this and be more sensitive to people who are actually like struggling in this time. For sure. I think, you know, it's, it's, it goes both ways. I think it's, it's kind of shown a deeper compassion, a deeper humanity that people can have for their brother. But then you also see these ridiculous things about people like protesting to like go get their nails done. And like I said, it's very problematic because a lot of people aren't the, these protests I've been seeing. And when it comes to being compassionate, haven't actually been about, um, them necessarily going back to work. It's been about other people going back to serving them. And I think it's so important to support small businesses and shop locally because those mom and pop shops can't keep up with these big corporate companies. And I think they feed the community, they help creative, they help your communities grow as opposed to plopping in a J crew or plopping in a large department store. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. When it comes to trends, I think sustainability from the point of not producing fashion is a huge, it's a very quote unquote dirty industry, meaning it, it leaves behind a lot of pollutants in the earth. And I think a lot of things like fast fashion, we're speaking of trends, think brands like Forever 21, H&M, Zara that pump out these mass amounts of clothes so quickly. I think we will see them kind of shift in their business model. I know Zara has already been offering, you know, more green choices. And I think it's just nice for us to treat our planet friendly. Why not? You know, one of my great friends, Stacey, owns an amazing shoe brand called Vera that people can shop and you guys should check out. But I do think that we are going to go into a more eco-friendly, just conscious, how we consume just won't be so endless. Like, do you remember walking into Forever 21 and seeing all of that stuff? Mm-hmm. It's all, yeah. it's overwhelming and it makes your shopping experience less enjoyable. But if you go into a smaller boutique that's well-organized, that smells nice, it's a more peaceful shopping experience and you value that experience more, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I miss that, actually. I miss going yeah. into a store and... Uh... And getting good service. You know, I think I think we've taken that for granted. You know, like I said, this is essential workers. And when I think of the turn, you know, besides you know, doctors and nurses and, you know, thank God for them and people who are still doing all their jobs. I feel so I didn't appreciate, you know, retail associates as much or the people that do this for me as much. And I think this time has really made us be like those people. They are essential to our life. They make our lives run so much easier. And it's it's just, I think we should appreciate them more and how we interact with them. There's oftentimes you go to a store and you see someone being kind of rude or brash to a an employee, but it's, you know, it's not kind and it's not necessary. And you've been out with me. You know, I like to make jokes with everyone and make everyone have a good time. And mm-hmm. I think that people will start valuing the people who make your life run smoother more after this. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think there'll be like new brands or any fashion opportunities that are going to emerge out of the quarantine? Well, yeah, for sure. I know, like I said, Vogue, um, Vogue and Anna Wintour were starting up a fund to help small designers and small labels during this time. Also just think because 
we're indoors and we're shopping digitally, it kind of gives them more exposure. Like you can shop this small brand online, just like you can shop, you know, Calvin Klein. Does that make sense? But um, I know a lot of, like I said, Vogue and um, I think the CFDA and Anna Wintour are doing things like starting this fund to help small designers to give them inspiration and give them hope. You know, it's a very hard time for a lot of people. And especially for, could you imagine going to college, you know, to be a designer, wanting to start your label right now? how tough mm. that would be because we are not able to be out and we don't know how things will be. You know, we know that this quarantine will end, but we just don't know how things will restructure after this. And so I think it's exciting for like them to have this option of that. We're coming together as a fashion community to give them that option to still bolster their brands and bolster their talent. That's so amazing. I'm so glad that they're doing that. Yeah. I was so excited when I heard about it. Cause you know, it's, we hear about a lot of like, you know, big businesses, but you know, our industry fashion. And what I love about fashion is that it really can be almost like a little small community and that when you need it, people will really be there. Yeah. People will step up and people People will show up for each other. Yeah. And I like that. I love that about about our industry. It is competitive, but it is also a community. Very much so, you know, very much so. How will the quarantine affect people's shopping habits and how will this affect their wardrobe? Um, That's a great question. It's literally right up my alley. You know, a part of my business model and a part of what I could do to my clients is I always tell them it's so important for you to have a core wardrobe. And they are things having like a a simple black dress, a good pair of dark denim, a nice silk scarf. And when you have these things in your closet, they're literally the bones of your wardrobe. And that way, when you buy little things, it's easy to kind of mix them in and out. And I think people after this will become more... um, core wardrobe focus, which is, I think they should be. I think because like I said, we were consuming so much so fast by the shopping H&M, Zara, all these like companies. I think people will start, hopefully start shopping and styling themselves more mindfully, you know, invest in quality over quantity. Yes. And I think after this, um, I think when quarantine ends, they will think about what they're consuming. I was just actually watching um, an interview with Gucci Westman, who was a makeup artist. And I think she was interviewing Julianne Moore. Anyways, mm-hmm. in that interview, she said that she was she made a conscious decision not to go shopping for a year. And I think that is so important because we always, whenever you get invited to an event, don't you feel like you need to buy something new? Mm-hmm. I think also because we are, in our industry, we are photographed a little bit more than the average person. So maybe we don't want to wear the same thing over and over again. But we have, so, but if you think about it, how much stuff do you have in your closet already that has not been seen in, years or months. I have a ton. I can admit that myself. Yeah. And I, I, it's literally my job to do this for people's closets. So I think we'll, mm-hmm. we'll just start consuming more consciously and they'll be making better decisions to build their core wardrobe. And that way, when you go shopping, you can just buy like a cute little t-shirt here, a cute little thing there. So you're still kind of getting that fixed, but it's just really going towards supporting those main pieces. And that way, when you buy those pieces, and like I said, quality means you'll have this for you. If you invest like in a good leather jacket, you could easily pay a couple thousand dollars. But if you take care of that leather jacket, it literally will last you the rest of your life. Exactly. It's about being smart. So. Exactly. It's about having intention in what you do, what you spend, what you put out. Do everything. This is actually great advice I got from a teacher of mine. And she said, whatever you do, do it with intention because people can feel that. And when you do it with intention, it puts good energy towards it. I like that a lot. Be mindful of what you're doing. Be mindful of what, when you say this, what is it putting out in your job? When you do this, what is it putting out? Do whatever you do, do it with a thought behind it because it gives Mm -hmm. it purpose. It brings it to life. It gives it life. You know, something I've, um, especially 
realized during this quarantine is I'm here in North Carolina and I obviously couldn't bring my entire wardrobe home, but I brought like the basics of, you know, things I would wear like, like black, <laughs> because exactly. black is my wardrobe. Very New York of you. All black wardrobe is the New York wardrobe. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Lonnie knows. So I brought like a couple of things. I realized like, I don't really wear a lot of it, you know, and it made me think back to like the stuff that I'm holding on to that I really don't wear a lot of the stuff that's in my closet. And, you know, moving forward, I think I'm going to really rethink of the pieces that I are currently, you know, collecting dust and sitting in my closet. And I feel like these are like lessons that, you know, I can take moving forward when it comes to making purchases, like you said, and being smart and being mindful. Totally. Isn't it so funny how we put so much emotional investment in an item? And what I help my clients when I go through their clients, we do um, we do like four bins. I do like a keep, a donate, a throwaway. Then like we'll come back to it later and maybe reshift it. But it's so funny. I don't know what it is, but they will just have some emotional attachment to something for some reason. They don't use it. They don't wear it. And I think it's important for us to not keep those unhealthy bonds with things that are just so silly. They are materialistic. Now it's different when it's uh, something that has meaning to you. This piece I wore when I did this, but I just think that we got so caught up in purchasing and buying such so much things. And because these fast fashion retailers, they do make things a lot more affordable. It's easy for us to kind of rack up these mass amounts of clothing that we don't wear. But Mm -hmm. I always find it how people, it's so hard for people to let those things go. And I think as a stylist, I tell my clients, you know, if you have not worn this in the last year, you don't need it. And that's being generous. If you have not worn it in the last year, because you do have things that are seasonal. So if you say like a couple months, maybe it just hasn't been the season for that. But Mm -hmm. really think about your wardrobe. And I'm like, you haven't worn this. You don't really need this. You're going to be that voice in my head when I'm back in New York and going through my closet. Do you need this, Grace? Yeah. And, I, and, and you know, this is like I said, like, you know, visit parttimefab.com. I'd love to work with all of you listening. Yes. And this is a time for you to kind of rethink your wardrobe and reorganize it. And, you know, I say the first thing you have to do is take everything out of your closet. And that is the beginning because I think we've, we've literally forget that we have things with tags on them in our closets. So Whenever you're ready to go through that, remember, take everything out of your closet and really go through your things. And like I said, with intention, be mindful. Why do I need this? Do I need 58 pairs of black jeans? I do not. So I love that you've taken this away and you've taken this time to really evaluate your wardrobe because I think it's important. I do think that we we become, you know, we become a little bit greedy. And I think it's it's times like these that kind of remind us, you know, that we are very blessed and we don't really need that much excess. But, you know... I do love a bit of luxury, so. Yeah, of course. I'm not trying to, <laughs> to everyone listening, do not think I'm on my my soapbox and I'm preaching because listen, <laughs> I do love to make a purchase or two. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, I want to wrap up on this note, keep it a little fun and interesting. So do you have advice for someone wanting to learn and be a part of the fashion industry? Um, advice for people. Well, it depends on what they want to do, but, um, maybe what be like as a brand stylist. Yeah. To do what I do. Um, 
I think what's so great about social media is it gives us direct contact with people, even if it's a celebrity, you know, there's a chance that they will see this direct message from you to them without dealing with all the middlemen. And so I think once you have a plan for yourself and you have an idea of what you want to get into, write, write to designers, write to stylists. There have been so many times I've met people out and they've been like, I'd love to assist you on something. And I'm like, okay, what's your number? If I need an assistant on this job, I'd love to reach out to you. It's very simple. But I definitely think that we need to take advantage of social media, like just shoot someone a DM, be like, hey, I'm starting you in this industry. Um, and I just want to earn my stripes and get some experience. You know, I think people also think like, oh, I'm not doing this for free. You will work for free. You will do some things for free. Now, don't allow yourself to be taken advantage of. But you mm-hmm. know, if you get in contact with a stylist, and they're taking you on a shoot for whether it's Spotify or Comedy Central, You've probably never been on a big production like that. You know, you, what are you really doing that day? If you have the day off, go to the set and learn. When you go to set, go there with an intention. Look at what they're doing. Take little notes, write little things down and ask for advice. But my advice is definitely reach out to the people you admire. Don't be scared to just literally write someone you admire. Or if you like this influencer, or if you like this stylist, or you like this designer, reach out to them because oftentimes they need help and they like help. You know what I mean? And... Lonnie is also in New York City. And when this lockdown is lifted, um, you can reach out to him. You can book a consultation with him. I'm going to include your website in the description box and ways that they can contact you. So how can people get in touch? Um, They can find me um, at Part-Time Fab across all social media platforms and parttimefab.com. Um, like I said, Grace will have this linked down below. But yeah, like I said, if you want to work with me or just to get to know a bit more about my brand, please feel free to contact me on Facebook or Instagram. And if, like I said, we have this time at home. So if you are interested in working on your closet a little bit, or if you want some fashion advice, um, shoot me a message. I'd love to work with you. Love it. I miss you, Lonnie. I miss you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been so fun talking with you. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. I hope you enjoyed following along on the Navigating in a World post-coronavirus series. This time in quarantine has opened our eyes in many ways. We've learned a lot during this time, and as places start to slowly reopen in time for summer, I hope you'll take what you've learned and continue moving forward with it. These past three months were tough and challenging on so many levels. But I know I'll cherish the time I spent with family living in a different environment forever. I hope you enjoyed hearing about how the various industries, media and PR, travel and hospitality, fitness and fashion will continue moving forward after the quarantine. If you have any questions, feedback or topic suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can always send me an email at grace at gracefullymade.com or send me a DM on Instagram, at ByGracely. I'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next podcast series, Transitioning Series, where I focus specifically on the transitions we go through and grow through in life. Whether that is transitioning from a full-time job to self-employment, or transitioning from post-college to getting a job, transitioning content based on current events, transitioning to a different career, or even transitioning from being single to a relationship, or vice versa. 
I'm looking forward to sharing more in-depth conversations to the transitioning stages of our lives. Thanks for tuning in. 